Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number two for FST Game Day Edition. Thanks for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett, Jim Day, Scott Engel. Peeking around the world of the NFL. Keeping you updated. Hits up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Scott is at Scott E. Roto X and Jim. And that's EX at the end. And Jim Day is at Fantasy Taz, T-A-Z. So <clears throat> for those of you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, thank you. And tune in radio and iHeartRadio and anywhere else. Thanks so much. We appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. So uh, we were talking running backs and stuff during the break as far as, you know, other major uh, NFL news. Uh, we updated you on the Giants uh, Niner situation. So that's obviously a difficult one. Um, we're doing injuries as we go around from uh, place to place. We're doing, um, or rather, position to position. Uh, Joe Flacco, his his hip injury could sideline him next week. Now, obviously, the Ravens are off uh, right now, but it does. It is worth noting that. He may have a significant injury. You might be looking at the Lamar Jackson era. Um, uh, other injuries out there. Let me see. Uh, we know about well, the Le'Veon. Let me interject a Go point ahead. here real quick. Yes, sir. There are some out there reporting that it may not be the Lamar Jackson time. It may be Robert, Robert Griffin, Griffin being thrown in just because of the experience. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, everybody wants a flashy new object, but he definitely has some concerns about his game as a full-time starter. So don't be surprised if we see Robert Griffin in there. I mean, it's been a long time since the preseason, but when he was in there, he didn't look ready at all. I mean, it wasn't even a debate. I know very people were very eager to get Lamar Jackson ready to go, and I don't have – I have some thoughts about him long-term uh, as to how successful he may or may not be, but – that's not really relevant right now. I would probably go that way, too, because the Ravens are still in it, Scott. This isn't a team that's completely out of it. They're battling for a playoff spot, and I think RG3 would give them a better chance to win a game. Yeah, RG3 didn't, didn't look terrible at all during the preseason. You know, actually played under control, made some good throws, whatever. You think Lamar Jackson has a little bit more upside, but he looked more erratic as a passer. Uh, you know, RG3 did look a little more steady. He looked a little bit better than I thought he would. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm. I, I, there's an interesting dynamic when guys are drafted very highly. First-round picks, especially when they're right towards the top of the draft, and they don't work out as that franchise's QB. A lot of times, Jim, those guys don't get second and third chances. RG3 happens to be getting them finally. Like, But he was out of football for a bit before he came back in. A lot of times it's just assumed, well, that guy, that he failed because of X, Y, and Z, and he's just not really an asset, which is interesting because, yeah, he may not be the franchise quarterback that you expected, but 
these guys should be able to develop into solid backup quarterbacks, especially with a likely skill set that got them drafted highly in the first place. Do you know what I mean? A lot of times these guys, if they don't make it, they just get swept out of the league. I'm sort of glad for RG3 that he gets uh, additional opportunities here. Well, you know, there was always concern that he wasn't going to be a good pocket passer. And, you know, we know that NFL teams really want, you know, most quarterbacks to be pocket passers. They, they say it's hard to be a running quarterback and be successful over time, except, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks right now that are dominating have the use of their feet and are good movers and getting the job done sort of like what Robert Griffin did when he was a rookie. Um, you know, he was moving a lot and making plays on the move. They tried to force him into being that pocket passer. Didn't really work out for him. You know, m- maybe now time has gotten him into that role a little bit more. But as they're getting him into that role, we're finding other quarterbacks going more the other way, using some more, you know, the RPOs, things like that, uh, because they can move. And, you know, that plays into his hands, whether or not they let him open it up or not is a, sec- a second story. It's an interesting point, Scott. So what we were talking about before with Patty Mahomes, it's almost the same kind of deal where maybe the league is coming a little bit closer to what RG3's truer skill set is, and they can adapt in that way. Now, what bugged me about RG3 was that he was really stubborn about the running thing. He, he was taking hits that, in many instances, he didn't need to take. He could have just veered out of bounds or slid or whatever, and he was taking people on and getting hurt. Like like Deshaun Watson is this year, yeah. But. I, I think I think I think it's it's a it's a kind of a three headed thing. You don't you want a guy to be a good pocket passer and be able to also to to run around. You know, Russell Wilson. You know, the Brian Schottenheim is trying to get a more pay in the pocket, et cetera. You know, and he's he's adapted just fine to that. All the fantasy numbers have gone down. It's what they wanted to do offensively. You know, they don't want him throwing 40 times a game, even though fantasy players do. And, you know, again, you know, look, I'll go back to Wilson as an example of a guy when he scrambled. He would always very smartly side slide and run out of bounds where you have, you know, guys, guys like RG3 or Watson you know, who take big hits. Cam Newton, though, doesn't have to, you know, play with that kind of fear because he's just such a big guy, you know, and those hits, like, ring off of him. But, you know, Cam Newton becomes a better passer when, you know, he's completing higher percentage passes from the pocket. You see with Cam Newton this year that he's throwing a lot more flat passes to McCaffrey, et cetera, and that's complete, uh, you know, improving his completion percentage. Of course, you have your classic drop-back quarterbacks like Brady, but even Rodgers, you know, is, he's mobile as well. So, you know, the best quarterbacks to date, Jim Day's point is, you know, that I think it's a fusion of both. Look at Trubisky. You know, he's so dangerous because he runs. Yeah. Um, and, and I, yeah, it doesn't have to be running too, right? Like you talk about mobility and Aaron Rodgers is pretty mobile. He doesn't really have to run. Now I, I don't like to use the elite example as the exception that proves the rule, but mobility is sometimes more important than running ability. If that makes sense, uh, to anybody out there. So I'll ask one question about running backs well, to use. Well, wait, wait, just to, to add to that point, not only the mobility, but being able to pass while on the move is key. True. Absolutely. Even Brady could do that. You know, he, you know, he's not a running quarterback, but he he moves really, really well in the pocket. Yeah. So to borrow a, a thing that happened in college football yesterday, by the way, by the way, my BC Eagles got smoked by Clemson last night. 
Big time. Start, starting quarterback got knocked out in the first quarter, though. We were toast. I think we were toast anyway, but we were toast as soon as that happened. And, and he got pummeled by a future NFL defensive lineman. They have three defensive linemen on Clemson that are probably first-round picks. Beast. They are incredible. Yep. And one of them, Christian Wilkins, just slammed Anthony Brown to the turf, and he was out of the game. And anybody would have been out of the game after that hit. So, um, darn it. Took me. Oh, I know what happened. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State last night. That game is back and forth. A missed extra point made it tight, and it gets down in the final. It's now 48 47. Oklahoma State scores with uh, a minute left. And they had missed a previous extra point, so they could have just kicked this extra point to go up one. But now. Look, their season has slipped away a little bit. It's their blood rival who's still gunning for the champ, the college football playoff. And the QB, they decide to go for two. And the QB, who had a really good game overall, obviously he scored 47 points. He threw a whole bunch of touchdowns. He rolls out on this two-point conversion. And the guy's open. But to your point, Jim, he didn't set his feet properly. And he's on the move. And he threw it. He turfed it he just threw it way behind the yep. guy a defensive play didn't even need to be made and that is an example of your mobility and how difficult and you both said it how difficult it can be to throw on the move if he had if he had just planted his feet the guy's wide open if he throws it towards the pylon oklahoma state scores and they had a chance to beat oklahoma there now oklahoma still had a minute left and kyler murray is all american stuff but or at least all conference stuff so um, anyway, uh, we diverged a little bit on a conversation there, but always important to uh, discuss those kinds of things at large. Uh, one question on running backs before we turn the pace to wide receivers, Scotty. You have Tariq Cohen at 17, Jordan Howard at 22. You've yeah, just, been a bit- you know, the yardage really isn't there with Jordan Howard. That's right. He's, he's more touchdown dependent Very than anything, so. I think. He has he been scoring, but he's too touchdown dependent touchdown. still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tariq Collins, you know, definitely more yardage upside, you know, especially against those Lions linebackers. And last one, carry on Johnson down at 25. Jim, I assume this is because it's just a tough matchup. Well, tough matchup. Plus, you got you know, Theo Riddick back, and we right. saw last week that, you know, basically takes uh, uh, carry on Johnson back out of the passing game one week after he caught, you know, six passes, 60 plus yards. And, you know, we all got excited. Then, of course, Riddick comes back and, Kibosh is that, and because of that, when you add in the fact he's not getting the goal line chances, he's not getting the passing downs, and he's got a tough matchup. Uh, I'm surprised Scott has him this this high. For me, he is a total sit this week. Uh, to, to me, this is the lock of the, the week for me. I think Chicago just dusts Detroit from start to finish in this game and just blows him out. Yeah. Um, Do you think I have too high? Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Oh, carry on Johnson. It, you know what? I can see that, but just because of the talent, you know, the guys behind him, I can't, I can't push him ahead of him. I like Riddick uh, the rest of the season, not today. I, I, I think Golden Tate going away and Riddick coming back just helps Riddick. I think he's become an asset again. Yeah, they were using the him fr- in the slot last week. Yeah, yeah, and I fully expected that. So uh, I, I think he's a good asset. This is obviously a tough week, as we know. So, again, uh, exclusive edge package, PPR rankings for wide receivers. Mike Thomas, I'm in. Number one, he saved my bacon last week. Woo! Did he save my bacon in one? I mean, just a monster. 
And uh, anyway, Mike Thomas uh, saving fantasy teams across the nation last week. Jeez, he's just awesome. He's awesome. He's young, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter, man. Feel. He is awesome. He's he's an elite wide receiver already. I can't put him in that top four or five yet, but he is knocking on the door, and I probably should. You know, with AB and Odell yeah, look, it, and Julio and AJ, he had Green. a couple of bad weeks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut it's get right. in there, but he had a couple of bad weeks and people started to get down on him. And, you know, most of that was because Drew wasn't throwing a lot. Two great running backs on the team. You know, what we saw last year, they didn't have to throw a ton. So we, we saw a little depression from him. But, you know, he is one of the most elite. And he's got such a great matchup this, this week. I mean, Cincinnati's defense has been abysmal. Uh, over 2,600 yards allowed, 18 touchdowns. You know, it's just uh, to the quarterbacks alone. And just... The, Drew Brees right now is playing at an elite level, and you got to love this offense. Yeah, Antonio Brown comes in at number two. Devontae Adams at number three. I wanted to ask about Aaron Jones. Uh, it, we'll do that a little bit later, but uh, I'll talk about Green Bay as a whole a little bit later. Green Bay, uh, Devontae Adams of Green Bay versus Miami comes in at number three. Julio Jones at number four. He scored a touchdown, guys. He did it. Last week, Odell Beckham comes in at number five. Tyreek Hill at six. Cooper Cup at seven. Robert Woods at eight. Brandon Cooks at nine. Wow. Three in a row. I haven't seen you do it quite like that yet this year, Scotty. So Cup, Woods, and Cooks all back-to-back-to-back against Seattle. Against his team. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A three number one wideout. Yeah, last time they they rolled up over 400 yards of offense, uh, Jared Jared Cook went – I mean, I'm sorry, Jared Goff went well over 300 yards, something that Jared Cook would never do. the name of Jared Goff, Uh, (laughs) calling him Jared Cook. But, but, you know, the Seahawks play a straight-up cover three. You know, that's, you know, they're just playing the same defense they had when they had the Legion of Boom. And, you know, while some of the guys that played well back there doesn't have the talent, and Jared Goff knows how to pick that apart, you know, with multiple uh, crossing routes, et cetera, clear outs. Uh, you know, Goff really played well against them last time. It's just the danger with Goff is that Gurley will always finish off the drives. But these guys are going to get the yardage. Cooper Cup working against Justin Coleman in the slot. You have to like it a lot. And if they're what they've seen on film, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to get Trey Flowers on the outside there on that left side and a lot of big play potential. Julian Edelman comes in at number 10. Mike Evans at 11. Keenan Allen at 12. Juju Smith-Schuster. He of the 75-yard touchdown pass. Scott had him at 13. Tyler Boyd at 14 without A.J. Green there. Could be some big numbers for Tyler Boyd, right, Jim? Well, definitely. Tyler Boyd is going to get that shot. We just have to concern, not so much this week against New Orleans. New Orleans hasn't been able to stop anybody. But if A.J. Green is to miss more time, it's going to be interesting to see if Tyler Boyd can hold up against playing against some of the better defensive backs in the league with A.J. Green off the field. Always nice when, you know, you're a good slot guy to have that number one wide receiver on the outside that dominates defensive, you know, scheming. So without that there, it's going to be interesting to see how Tyler Boyd can step up. They need him to uh, outside of him. You're you're talking, you know, guys like John Ross and Erickson, guys that, you know, really haven't done anything in, in this league at all. One thing I, I just want to go back real quick to 
talk about the Rams offense. The, the one thing that I really like about these three wide receivers is that they're running 11 personnel over 96% of the time. And, yeah. you know, again, for people not sure, 11 personnel refers to one running back, one tight end, which means there's three wide receivers on the field. And they're running it 96% of the time. Plus, they're integrating if it ain't all broke, three of Jim. these running. If it one, ain't broke. Yeah. All three of these wide receivers into the running game as well, giving them alternate chances to get involved in the running game and making big plays that way. This this offense is, is really just running on all schemes. They lost last week to, to you know to the Saints. Oh well, I, I think this week they bounce back in a big way. Yeah, I I, I think to those that don't that is an extremely high percentage of three wide receiver yes, sets. Very. <laughs> That's extremely high. Even even in a league that has been going this way for a while. That's extremely high, uh, but they know where the bread is buttered, and it's obviously working extremely well, so uh, no criticisms there. Uh, we will continue to do wide receivers after the break as well. The one thing I'd say on uh, the Bengals in general, they're extremely banged up. A.J. Green is out. Josh Malone, who is a uh, depth wide receiver. Tyler Croft, Vontez Perfect, Nick Vigil, a linebacker. Darquise Denard, starting corner. Um have all been ruled out and guard Alex Redmond is doubtful with Gio Bernard getting a questionable tag, but expected to be back. So um, just something to consider. It's a very banged up team. I, my, our co-host during the week, Scott and I's co-host during the week, Dane Martinez thought that this is kind of a trap game for the saints. I don't see it. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not there. Bengals are very banged up. And I think the Saints may not be as good on the road as they are at home, but I think they take care of business today. We'll come back, continue talking wide receivers and tight ends after the break. Mike, Scott, and Jim on FST. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. FST, and we're halfway, more than halfway through the NFL season. The NFL Optimizer from DailyRoto.com has produced millions in winnings for its subscribers, including multiple winners in the hundreds of thousands and a $1 million winner. The NBA is now full swing, and that NBA lineup optimizer is crushing it for people on a nightly basis. So if you're hooked, please go to DailyRoto.com and take a look at the Elite Package. It's going to give you access year-round to the suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to print money in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. When you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools they've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. Jim and I were talking about player props uh, earlier, as was Scott. 
So head on over to dailyroto.com, click on Grow Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Start winning today. So um, we were talking wide receivers right before the break. Uh, Marquez Valdez, I'm just going through your rankings. Josh Gordon at 15. Marquez Valdez, Scantling. If you guys, whoever, when you scooped him up a few weeks ago and dropped him, screwed yourself. That's one. (laughs) Two, if you hung on to him, good job. I picked him up in that Scott Fishbowl League that we're in, and I haven't even gotten to play him yet. But now, now we are in the throes of me needing extra guys, and he is the guy uh, that I have there. I I think I got him for nothing. Like, somebody just dropped him during a waiver run. I was like, meh. Maybe something will happen there. Allison's hurt all the time, and then boom, he's just sitting on my team. So, um, I I have a good prop bet for him. Let's do it for Marquez Valdez Scantling. Vegas has him over under sixty four point five receiving yards in this game against uh, uh, Miami. Do you think this is a big Aaron Jones game? I'm going to go the over there. Okay. What's that? Do you think I was going to ask if you thought it could be a big Aaron Jones game as opposed to the passing offense going nuts? I don't know if we'll ever see a big Aaron Jones game because this team is so much pass first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, like uh, Daily Roto really likes him. Ricky Sanders says uh, that that they're his favorite daily stack of the week. Yeah. And while the Dolphins overall ranked ninth against opposing wide receivers, two weeks ago against uh, don't count what they did against the Jets last week. When you do this, they allowed fifty-one points to uh, the, the Houston wide receivers in Week Eight and forty-four to Chicago in Week Six. 41 to Oakland in week three. So uh, they're definitely vulnerable, uh, you know, to the, 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 a great, great passing game. And the Packers play so much better at home. Uh, and they have, I think they just have, they're too diverse, I think, for that, that Dolphins secondary. I think in general, I think the last team I'd want to be this week is the Miami Dolphins. Going to Green Bay after They have the better Bay. record of the two teams too, which is I know, wild. I know, but <laughs> yeah. two two weeks in a row of, Horribly frustrating losses for Green Bay, and they are just get and they have to be licking their chops. I, I think that Miami is going to get their doors blown off today, and there's nothing they can do about it. I, I really, I'm with you on the prop bet. I think it could be even be a decent Aaron. Jo- it could be a big Aaron Jones game. I, I, I really think they're going to push the envelope today and try to have all things clicking. I and mean, the, the Packers are at a point in the season now where they kind of need to win every game. So I think they're going to start by doing it today, Jim. Uh, I, I agree. I, I definitely like Green Bay in this matchup against Miami. Look, two tough losses, like you say, but against two of the best teams in the league. So, you know, very hard to really, you know, get away from that. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I think the 64.5 is an easy over for me. He's hit that three out of the last four games. Uh, still not getting, you know, as many targets as we like, but hopefully that number will increase. Uh, he'll become a steady, you know, Definitely wide receiver three option every week with wide receiver two up, upside in this offense. But uh, the the thing here with me is in this game, it, it's very hard for me to get to see what's going on with Aaron Jones because my whole narrative all season is he wasn't getting enough touches because he wasn't able to protect Aaron Rodgers as well as Jamal Williams is. You know that was that was the whole narrative. You know he wasn't that good a pass protector. Although I, I'm finding out just recently that. 
Pro Football Focus has him actually ranked better so far this season than Jamal Williams at blitz pickup at protecting Aaron Rodgers. So if that's the case, I'm still surprised that Mike McCarthy isn't using him more because if he's doing a better job at that, he should be on the field more than Jamal Williams ever should. He's a much better running back, much more explosive, gives them, you know, chance to do other things. And uh, it's just surprising to me that if he is being the better pass protector, that he's still seeing limited snaps. It doesn't surprise me when when Mike McCarthy like reduces a running back at all. You know, not to talk about the pass protection, but just the carries. Historically, ever since his team has had Aaron Rodgers, they they've been a run second and run third team. Yeah, you were talking about the Rams wide receiver uh, eleven personnel. The Packers were really the team that was pacing the league in eleven personnel before the Rams took that uh, mantle they they've historically run a ton of three wide receiver sets and uh it just goes all into the point that we're talking about right now so uh i'll just rip through these last few wide receivers jim uh stop me if you want to make a note on a guy but you have jarvis landry at 17 ty hilton at 18 larry fitz at 19 nice to see him get back into the mix and we've said we are already taking josh rosen over 211 yards so somebody's got to see that uh, amari cooper uh, at 20, Calvin Ridley at 21, <clears throat> excuse me, Maurice Harris at 22, Chris Kirk at 23, Alshon Jeffrey at 24, Deshaun Jackson at 25. So a whole bunch of those guys really in that uh, 17 to 25, you are pairing them with quarterbacks that we expect to have higher yardage totals or are going to be putting the ball up in the air a lot. Fitz, Christian Kirk, uh, Deshaun Jackson, T.Y. Hilton, uh, even Jarvis Landry uh, to some extent. So, uh, Jim, any notes on those guys? Otherwise, we'll move on to tight ends. Well, the, the one I do want to, you know, talk about is Maurice Harris, who, you know, really got involved last week, had the monster game. Paul Richardson now now on IR. Crowder out again uh, in this game where, you know, Alex Smith is probably going to have to throw a lot to keep up with Tampa Bay's offense and such a bad defense on Tampa Bay's side that he, he should be fairly successful. Had, had a good matchup last week, at least threw for 300 yards, didn't really do much more than that, but we don't care in PPR leagues. If you're going to get, you know, somebody to ball eight, nine, ten times a game we'll take that anytime and i think mo is in in line for that again this week i absolutely love maurice harris have him in quite a few of my dfs lineups scott we talked about yeah, the jameson pa- crowder not expected to play they they could absolutely kill tampa bay in the slot mike yeah, yeah. crowder's out he's just out already. Yeah. he's yeah. out yeah. yeah uh scott just one last note on coming back the other way the Packers and the Dolphins, we think the Packers are going to talk extensively about what we think they're going to do. Anybody coming back the other way from the Miami pot passing offense that you would like? Is it Amendola? Is it anybody else? I think it's Amendola. You know, he's had something of a relationship there with Brock Osweiler. Uh, you know, he, he's actually been able to stay healthy, et cetera. Devontae Parker, you know, we've seen the extreme highs and extreme lows over the last two weeks. You can't trust him. Mike Kosicki is in, invisible. Kenny Stills is invisible. You know, maybe they get Kenny Drake involved, hopefully, in the passing game. You know, that's a way for them to go as well. But, you know, with each passing week, as Osweiler has played, his numbers have gotten worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I think uh, he might be, if they play for another two, three weeks, he might start being in a negative. He might start getting <laughs> in territory. Okay, now, there, there's one point I have to add to that. Um, I, I understand what you're saying about Amendola. He's seen the uptick with 
Osweiler there, but I don't like him today at all. He's going to be going up against uh, Green Bay's Jer Alexander working the slot at the cornerback, and he's done a very good job of uh, you know limiting slot receivers so far on the season. So while I, I like the uptick in Amendola's targets, I don't like him to have a good game this week at all, uh, even in PPR leagues. Yeah, it could be could be eight catches for forty four yards. Uh, or it could be four catches for 22 yards. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, something it could be for any of them. I, I don't have confidence in any of these pass catchers, but if I still like somebody best, you know, you make an excellent point about the, the slot matchup. Just uh, I'll take Amendola. I can't do Parker. I can't do Stills. I definitely can't do Kosicki. Yeah, so you know, maybe, maybe Kenyon Drake, who, uh, you know, one of the Dolphin beat riders, thought he was going to be their leading receiver this year. Maybe he can take the lead today. Uh, okay, so... Going over to the tight ends, and I say that with not a lot of joy. It's a position that is frustrating, especially. You don't by, like a good tight end, especially. Uh, Stop that, uh, James. What? So I like a too good much tight with, end. He hosted too much with Corey during the week. Yeah. So, uh, so week ten at the tight end position. Oh, man, this is fun. At least we have Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz today, so that's good. Gronkowski expected to be out has it been official yet i don't think it's official yet but no it's uh, not official this is new england playing games just like you you were talking about with michelle before they said he was going to be out then they said he's traveling with the team and they're not sure so he is with etc so um i don't think he's going to play if he does i think it's a decoy all the way and he yeah, plays they, and they got the bye times. next week. Why, that's right. Why? why play him? I don't even understand why they're playing Michelle, but that's a different story. So good point. Uh, Kelsey and Ertz are coming at number one and number two. George Kittle at number three. Kittle has been awesome this surprise, year, right? Surprise! Surprise! Just been awesome, George Kittle. <laughs> yes, uh, he has. Uh, OJ, I, he was the guy. So I, I say this all the time. I just wait at tight end. I, I have one exception to it. I I took Gronkowski in the league this year. With uh, I have a co-owner, and we made a decision to go for it because he dropped so far. We thought we'd take our shot. We were totally wrong. I, I had concerns about it, and that's why I don't normally do it. I don't like the way my teams end up. The team ends up pretty good with even with Gronk, but why well, don't do it? But in general, I was waiting for Kittle. That was the guy I really wanted, and I wasn't the only one. I think he was pretty popular amongst fantasy analysts going into this year, but... You know, you were getting him, when was he, ninth round? You're getting George Kittle, and he's just produced in in a huge way. And that's with a quarterback change, multiple quarterback changes. So really solid guy. Really solid guy uh, to have in there. He comes in at number three this week. O.J. Howard at number four. Scott, you think O.J. Howard's going to eat up Washington? Oh, Scott. Jim? Scott? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm back. Uh, okay. OJ, oh, OJ, sorry, OJ. OJ Howard uh, has been a must-start fantasy tight end. You know, over 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 the last few weeks, we've really really seen it develop. Uh, the guy's a just pretty much a must-start every week, especially with that high volume. Like uh, Washington is 12th against opposing tight ends in fantasy points per game, but uh, you know they, against the Giants, they gave up over 13. Against Dallas, they gave up 10, and it's only like Jeff Swaim. Against New Orleans, you know, against Ben Watson, they gave up 17. So you know, they, they, can, they can be had. You know, it's uh, 
Certainly, there's a floor there, and uh, there's certainly tremendous upside. You know, last last week's two touchdowns weren't spectacular. They both like on drag never routes. Are, like on the, the this tight end touchdowns you know, are the, never spectacular. Yeah, I mean, but, you got but a couple OJ of guys Howard can also. We've seen OJ Howard score from well outside the twenty yard line. Yeah. Too. So here's since the bye week in week five, week you six, two four, touchdowns you can score from anywhere. Bye week, uh, since the bye week. Week well, six, four Roberts for 62 fan. for a touchdown. Uh, week seven, nine for 67. Week eight, four for 68 and a touchdown. Week nine, six for 53 and two touchdowns. So to Scott's point, O.J. Howard has just been getting it done here for the last month. He has Greg. He had Greg Olson at six, really average, no nothing game for Greg Olson. Uh, Trey Burton comes in at number seven. Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron back-to-back at eight and nine. David Njoku at ten. Vance McDonald at 11. He scores the other night. Austin Hooper comes in at number 12. So the two Colts tight ends, Jim, we think these guys can keep eating while they're on the field at the same time? Sure, they did at the beginning of the season. You know, Doyle was the reception guy, and Ebron, you know, got got the red zone touches and looks and and scored. And, you know, that's what it's really going to come down to for Ebron. He's going to have to get in the end zone to get you, you know, a a good fantasy day. But even without it, we could still see him, you know, getting like eight, nine points, which puts him close into that tight end one range every week. So with with Doyle, I I just think Doyle is going to continue to be a target monster. I especially like him this this week against a a tough Jacksonville defense that's going to put a lot of pressure on Luck and Hilton to produce uh, with Jalen Ramsey probably going after Hilton most of the game. I still expect Hilton to have a decent game, but it's just going to be a little harder for them. So I, I look for you know, luck to move it around a little bit. I think Doyle is a great play this week. I also think that uh, uh, Ryan Grant coming back this week is a very sneaky uh, GPP play this week. Somebody you can get on the cheap, give you a little more chalk elsewhere, and could up put could put up really nice fantasy numbers. So both of these tight ends yeah, were on the field in the week. Like One sec, Sorry, Scott. Uh, both of these tight ends were on the field in week eight. Jack Doyle, six uh, caught six of his seven targets for 70 yards and a touchdown, and Ebron caught all three of his targets for 37 yards and a touchdown. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, their 12 personnel is like the 11 personnel for other teams because their top three receivers are basically Hilton, Doyle, and, and Ebron. Uh, so Okay, so keep going uh, on the tight end position. Yeah, we, we close it out with Njoku, McDonald, Hooper. Question about Njoku, Jim. Duke Johnson back in the mix now. Do we think, I mean, Njoku is just sort of a week-by-week decision, right? But we ha- we have him ranked in the top 12 tight ends every week, and we just never really know what we're going to get. Well, he, you know, outside of week eight, which he threw up a zero in, but that whole offense just got totally, you know, snuffed by Pittsburgh that week. I mean, literally just done nothing happened there uh outside of that he's been pretty damn consistent on the start of the season he was slow but as soon as baker mayfield came into this offense you know he's been a very steady play even last week like you say with duke johnson getting the majority of looks and touches and all that you know and Joko still managed four catches for 53 yards. And right now, that's basically his floor. Uh, so you're getting eight, nine points as a floor as a tight end. You're still in that tight end one consideration. Uh, you know, that's what we're looking at. The tight end 12 right now is Kyle Rudolph on the season, and he's averaging just under nine points a game. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get into that tight 
tight end one consideration. And Nujoko, you know, even with Duke Johnson being increased, I, I don't think Nujoko takes a huge hit here. Yeah, Scott, he's really one looking in the four to five Njoko. yard catch range every week. Yeah, one thing about him, though, is I haven't ranked him in the top 12 every week because I don't know about the floor. He, he, had, a, he had a great matchup against Pittsburgh a few, two weeks ago, and he drew a complete blank. And that was with, with, with Mayfield at quarterback. Now, look, I, I like the matchup again this week. And tight end, you know, outside of, say, the top, you know, seven or so, he's a complete crapshoot very often. Uh, but you have to like the matchup. 21st you know, against against opposing tight ends, you know, Atlanta is. But, you know, the Steelers are even worse. So to your original point, you know, you really can't totally count on the guy for even a floor. I come no, no Jordan wait, Reed wait, love this now week. Now What's that? How come no Jordan Reed love this week? Yeah, I'm at 14. Just because he's banged up with a neck in the back. Jim, last thoughts. I, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no worries. All I, all I was going to say, that, that Pittsburgh game, uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw. Pittsburgh had a great defensive game plan that game and literally shut down Baker Mayfield that entire game. I think it was well into the third quarter before he even eclipsed 100 yards passing. Survivor so, picks next know, I, on I, FST. I, I, from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Good stuff. Sean Engel producing. Was that a good dad? Okay. Yeah. Back on FST. I know what it is. Sean's trying to ex- explain 80s, 90s hip hop to me through the uh, headset. I know what I'm doing, my friend. I was listening to this song when you were in diapers. Maybe you weren't even born yet. So. So there you go. So I know I feel Ouch. old by having say having said that, but uh, I know what the song is. So uh, in any event, um, we are on to. Oh, you had one more point about the floor on tight ends, Jim, because it's been such a messy position. It is every year, but yeah, you had one more point about that. Well, just more more towards Scott's point at as we were going off air. Scott Scott into you know his floor is zero because that's what. Njoku had uh, against Pittsburgh that week. Yeah, so, you know, my my point to that is, you know, sometimes games are aberrations and not what they do. And we've seen him every other game basically once – uh, Baker Mayfield came in, has been a solid producer every week. So one week to me is an aberration, and that you know goes towards Travis Kelsey. If you know people that want to have solid floors, you're, you're looking at a guy who has the best floor as tight end right now, no doubt. But if you talk seriously, his floor is the 1.6 points he scored in Week One. Now, was that an aberration or is that his truly his floor? Same thing for me in the Joker when that zero points is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's I guess you say you take it away, but. Uh... I, say I don't, don't take, take it away, away but I happens. don't consider that his true floor. No, 
No, I, I wasn't saying zero was his floor. I'm just saying I can't fully trust the guy when he throws up a zero in a good matchup. Uh, That's right. why I don't always rank him in the top twelve. Okay, Jim, you have a prop well, on I, George. I you have a prop on George Kittle and Jared Cook. Yeah, pr- first prop for Kittle uh, again. Giants at San Fran. Kittle is plus uh, over and under sixty point five receiving yards in this one. And all day. You know, well, all the day. Giants defense has played very good against uh, tight ends. Amazing on the season. There hasn't tenth. happened in years. Uh, yeah, it hasn't happened. Really? Everybody, Honestly, everything else has fallen apart, but they're good at defenses on t- tight ends. Even when Except they were good, over the that was last the thing that they weeks. were the worst at. Literally, when the Giants were good, yeah, exactly. that was the thing yeah. that they were absolutely, you could bank on it. Just start your tight end against yeah, the, the Giants. And now, yeah, yeah I know. Exactly, always the linebackers. So, But, uh, you okay. know, they've been 10th on the season, but over the last five weeks, they're actually 17th. So they've definitely been backsliding along with the rest of this defense at this point. So, uh, great play play this week i think he easily goes over that number uh let me ask you a question on the giants jim you're the resident giants fan okay <laughs> the raiders have obviously checked out <laughs> weeks ago do you think that the giants are going to resemble the raiders checking out like that Man, you know, this this is the weirdest thing for me as a giants fan it makes me nuts you know they do certain things that show they want to give up on the season, yet they're still starting Eli. Um, not that he gave gives them a great chance to win every week, as we've seen, but at this <laughs> point, if you've given up on the season, which were look like their intent when they gave away Snacks Harrison and Eli uh, Apple for nothing, basically, um, you know, it looked like they were you know, giving up the season, yet they're keeping Eli in as a starter when they could be seeing what they have in the young kid, Kyle Laletta. At least get him in there now. Get him the you know second half of the season. Let's see what he's got and whether or not we have to focus on getting a, a quarterback in next year's draft. Now, from what all intents and purposes, from what I'm hearing, the quarterback class coming out for next year doesn't look all that great to begin with. So why not find out what you have in Lawletta now? Can he be the guy you can start on next year? Maybe he's not your franchise, but maybe he's good enough that you can start him next year. And the fact that they still run Eli out after the bye is a total joke to me. And Scott, I'll phrase it a different way to you. The Raiders players look like they gave up to me. Do you think? Do you expect that out of yeah, the Giants? They- I don't know that I do, and it, I think it's not a difference of you. giving up. I think there's talent. There, there's more talent offensively on the Giants, especially. You know, I can't see a guy like Saquon Barkley giving up. I Odell Beckham wants yeah, to win unique. every game, no matter what. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't see that. I, I, I just don't. They, they've lost enough games. I think, you know, I, I think, you know, guys like Odell. You know, have pride. I think you know that they'll play for and Saquon Barkley. You know, you know, he has a lot to play for individually in terms of adjusting to the NFL, becoming a better runner, etc. And you know, he's got it. From what we at least we see from the outside, he's got a good attitude about the game. It's a lot different, you know, to for Odell Beckham to to Jordy Nelson and Brandon LaFell. There's a big drop off. Uh, agreed, uh, Jim. That's sort of how I meant it. I, I really thought the. I think the Raiders like. I think the locker room's lost. I think everybody knows that I'm not going to be around here for Vegas or even next year. So I'm not going to tackle Raheem Mostert when he's going off on a run. And the Chargers are probably going to smoke them today. And I don't think there's much that the Raiders are going to do about it. 
I always give the Giants. They're they're a funny team that even when they're bad, they can't. They, you have at least a puncher's chance, if not better. Anybody, yeah. so, you know, no, you know, no, and I I got they you. compete absolutely. I I I'm with Scott. I don't think they give up on the season as players. I think my concern is more what management is doing. Uh, but at, but yeah. you're right. You know, playing in New York, I think that's having a fair that concern, much media yeah. attention on him. Yeah, having that much media attention on him also, you know, pushes them a little as well. Because you you know you do bad in front of this media, you're going to get roasted across the national you know uh, line. Yeah, everybody's going to pick up on that in so, New York. So you know, absolutely, I agree with with Scott on that. So the three of us are New York based, and to give everybody sense out there, because we have listeners all around the country. What Eli Apple dealt with from a media scrutiny standpoint was pretty rough the last year. I'm not saying he didn't bring it upon himself, but it got ugly. They were going to cut him at the end of the year last year. They kept him around and they turned him over for an asset, not much, but uh, he was getting excoriated and uh, by media, as was Eric Flowers, as was a lot of guys that didn't play well or were Look, Odell dealt with it, too. That stupid boat picture is still surfaces every time the Giants lose a game. It's it's I'm not saying other cities don't deal with this, but I think Jim's point is important that this media market does not allow players to put up a performance like the Raiders did last Thursday night. I'm sure the local media there was on them. But it is a a little bit of a different animal. So uh, what's your prop bet on leaving anyway? Yeah, they are. I know. I know that's the, that's a big part of it. They're they're out, and the players know, and Gruden knows, and everybody knows we're out of here. So, um, so long, Oakland. You know, the Oakland would probably kick them. Don't let the door hit you. Don't let the doorknob hit you in the butt on the way out. So, Jim, what was your Jared Cook prop bet? Well, Jared Cook this week has an over/under total receiving yards of forty-three and a half against the Chargers. Now, to me, uh, look, it, Cook. Started out the year outrageous, no doubt about it. You know, great first game, had a, another big game back in week four. Uh, another decent game against the Colts in week eight. But that's been it. The, the rest of the time, he, he's been, you know, eight, nine points and even three and four, two of the last two of the last three. So for me, even though that's a low number for them in a game where they're probably going to have to throw a lot to to you know, keep in this game. Well, I'm, they're not going to keep in this game. Like you said, they're going to get blown out, but yeah, they're, they're going to run it. Uh, I just think, uh, yeah, <laughs> they could, they're not going to run. The I, ball. I just think this is a, this is a low number uh, in that instance, but he hasn't hit this number in three out of the last four weeks. Mm, interesting. I like the so Kittle number me, better. I, yeah. It's a tight one. I like the Kittle number yeah, better than the Yeah, I agree with you. I like number. the Kittle number a lot better. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it, I it's think... so hard to count on Cook at this point. If I took a chance on this, I would go under, but I could easily see it going over. Uh, yeah, so, all right, let's do our survivor picks. Uh, I'll start it because I'm going with the – I bet my buddy's listening. I'm down – it's the last two. We did a very small group of guys, just four or five guys, survivor pick, but there's two of us left now. Um my one buddy forgot to make a pick, so he, he picked the Monday night game, and he went with Dallas. So uh, I bet my buddy's listening to this, but I'm going with Atlanta. I think they're going to beat Cleveland today. I've used a whole bunch of teams, which uh, you know I can't use anymore. And I'm, I'm coming down to Philly and Atlanta are the two teams that I'd really want to use. Um, but I'm going to go with Atlanta at Cleveland. I, I've thought, even when the Falcons were 1-4, and four, 
I didn't kick them to the curb. I thought they would actually come back and fight through this part of the season, and I think they're going to get back over 500 today with a win, 5-4. and four. They'll be after They beat Cleveland today, so that's my pick. Jim, what's yours? I'm going with Chicago. Chicago's my best bet of the week. I really think they just destroy a, a Detroit team that's just falling apart. Injuries are hurting. Uh, I just think Chicago at home easily covers the seven. I think they go over the 44 as well. Um, th- to me, this is the game I- I'm all over. Uh, and, Scotty, who's your team today? I'm with you on Atlanta, you know, in order to get back in the playoff positioning race. They, you know, they have to beat a team that they're supposed to beat. And I, I think they do it this week. They played really well on the road last week against a better team. Yeah, I don't think people realize Atlanta's seventh right now in the NFC in the playoff picture. They'll get to five and four today, conceivably, and they'll be right into it. It's, uh, you know, they'll be battling with Philly and then Washington. But I think we all think after Washington lost literally 60 percent of their starting offensive line in a week that they're going to have a tough time the rest of this season. Uh, Philly could conceivably get to five and four by beating Dallas today. If Washington loses, there's a tie there. You got Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, New Orleans, Carolina, L.A., and Atlanta right in the middle of it. I don't know that they're going to stay on this run, but they hit a soft part of their schedule after they went one and four. I think this will be their fourth win in a row today. Then they play. I'm just going on Atlanta schedule right now. They play Dallas after that. Then they go to New Orleans, host Baltimore, go to Green Bay. So that's hard. Then they got Arizona, and then they finish at Carolina at Tampa. So I, I, st- I still think there's a bunch more wins on the schedule there for Atlanta. It could get to nine wins or so after being one and four, uh, which would be impressive. But uh, nonetheless. Uh, that's our picks for the day. Uh, Jim, I would pick Chicago too. Uh, I just used them a couple of weeks ago when they played the Bills. So um, that was an easy one, and uh, I used them that week. So uh, so there you go. How about uh, any DFS lineups? Jim, did you uh, fire anything up on DraftKings or FanDuel? Yes, I did. Give me one second to pull it up, and Sir. we will be right there. Yep. For some reason, my computer is being awful slow this morning. Yeah, so <laughs> on, computer. That's I right. can go with one of my, my lineups yeah, go ahead. while go ahead. we wait for Jim if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah using uh, the Daily Roto lineup, lineup optimizer. Of course, as always. Uh, and also, you know, a little advice from Ricky Sanders. Uh, you know, I went with a Packers stack this week, Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Deion Lewis, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Jimmy Graham, Vernon Davis, and the Packers defense. Big time uh, wide receiver power in there, too, with Thomas and yeah. Julio Jones. Who were the running backs that you had? Aaron Jones and Deion Lewis. Oh, there, there you go. Uh, I have Deion in, in yeah. mine as well. All right, go ahead, I do Jim. have mine up. This is uh, Dale from DraftKings. Uh, I got uh, Philip Rivers at 6K, Todd Gurley at 94, Deion Lewis at 46, Michael Thomas at 81, Keenan Allen at 71, Corey Davis at 45, Vernon Davis at 28, uh, Jack Doyle at 43, and Green Bay at 31. Is that tournament or cash? Cash. Did you say Vernon Davis and George Kittle? Uh, no, uh, Vernon Davis and Jack Doyle. Uh, oh, so you still uh, you have a two tight end set right there. You're running yeah, Jumbo. Yeah, I'm going go get. Well, it gives me the chance to go after Gurley, Thomas, and Allen, who I think are all three real chalk plays this week. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I got two tight ends, too. I got Graham and Vernon Davis. That's right. So, um, and in my other lineup, I got Doyle and Kelsey running a chief stack. I kind of like that. 
uh, I think a cheap stack is yeah. uh, certainly a way to go. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, is going to be, you know, he's a he's a chalk play for sure. But um, so good stuff out of you guys. I do not have a lineup set, so uh, my apologies. Uh, ran out of time to do it today. So. I know, I am. That's what I am. Real quick, my other I one is I was busy Mahomes printing out a million Hunt, things. Elijah McGuire. Sorry, oh, my, he's got my another one, one is, for you. Mahomes Hunt, Elijah McGuire, Corey Davis, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyree Kill, Jack Doyle. Travis Kelsey in the Rams defense. So I heard Corey Davis's name a couple of times in here in your guys' lineups. Uh, Jim, I'll throw it to you first. Explain why you think Corey Davis is a pretty good play today. Well, you know, he continues to get a ton of targets each and every week. He does. Uh, I, I don't think he's a, you know, I, I mean, he's a decent play just because of the amount of targets he gets. Uh, hopefully he catches a few more of them, does a little bit more damage in this one. Uh, again, it was more so I could pay up and get the, the top guys that I wanted. Uh, like Thomas and, you know, even Keenan Allen was a, a, you know, a lower pull, but I still think is really in line for another big game after last week. We saw him get really involved for the first time. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I wanted to pay up to get a couple of those main guys, especially Gurley. You have to pay to get him. So, you know, you've got to take those chances. And at least with Davis, you know he's going to get consistent high target numbers. We saw Mariota play better last week. Uh, going against New England, they should have to throw the ball a ton. So, uh, you know, I'm just playing the odds here that, uh, you know, a number of those targets work out into good receptions. Mm, it's the game that you're most interested in watching yeah, today, Scott. A, uh, what game am I most interested in watching today? Uh, it's definitely not going to be Green Bay, Miami. It's just like I love watching the Chiefs every week, but uh, you know that's just that's not a good matchup. So I probably Saints Bengals. I would say from like a pure NFL watching perspective. Yeah, I think Hawks Rams is pretty interesting too, only because the Hawks play them. These team, these two teams play pretty tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 historically, I know the Rams are better this year, but you know, they, they these teams sometimes get into fist fights. Uh, that Cowboys Eagles game, Jim. I, I yeah. I've been waiting for the Eagles. That was been my choice. I've been waiting yeah, for the Eagles to turn choice. it on. I think they're going to do it tonight. Well, this you know this is it. They either lay claim to saying that you know they're back in this mix or, or not. I mean, if they let the Cowboys win this in Philadelphia, then they they are absolutely just making this entire division a total you know cluster, whatever you want to call it. Um, at that point, and you know Dallas. She definitely hasn't been playing well of late. Dak playing a little better, getting Cooper, that helps. But this Philly team, if they want to really, you know, set their future going, they have to win this game. Good stuff. Two hours up, two hours yeah. down on FST game day for Sean Engel and Scott Engel and Jim Day. That's been it for the game day edition of FST. I'm on lineup lock live next. These guys will be here on Fantasy Football Rewind tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Listen for all the recaps, all the scores, and fantasy players. We're out. Talk to you next week.